<laughs> By the way, the fucking the mud water. I don't know if you heard of that. Mm-hmm. Waste of money. Did I tell I, you? Did I tell you about that beforehand or no? No, I haven't told me. Yeah, what 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 you think about it? Yeah, like honestly, like I was kind of looking for an alternative, you know, and then like that mud water ads kept flooding in. And I was like, let me just try it. All these people keep talking about it. These ads, it must be good, right? And like in the commercial has like the little mushroom, little like, you know, you know, talking about the little cup. Oh, yeah. And then like they mix it and it's like it kind of looks good. I had it and it tastes like it tastes like dirt. It tastes like trash. Welcome to the Power Now Podcast, where we dive into the dynamic world of Olympic weightlifting. Whether you're a seasoned lifter, a curious beginner, or just a fan of incredible athletic feats, join us as we explore the techniques, stories, and triumphs within the realm of the snatch and clean and jerk. I'm your host, Corey Yuji, and together we'll decide what is power or not. So get ready to be inspired and informed on all things Olympic weightlifting. Welcome to the Power Now Podcast. All right, man. Yeah, let's get started. So, um, yeah. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Power Now Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Yuji. Today, we have an awesome guest. I've been working with them for the past three weeks uh, as a uh, dietitian, Jesus Aldalpe. Uh, he went to Purdue for his undergrad, and he also got his Master of Science and Nutrition in Dietetics and Ball State University. Is that correct? Yeah, awesome, man. Cool, man. And how are you doing today? I've been pretty great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a blessing. Uh, it was awesome to um, when you reached out to me. I know Matt was telling me a little bit about it. You were thinking about this, and so um, it was. It's been an awesome kind of work with you here to there, and more than happy always to answer questions for you. Yeah, dude. Like you've been uh, just a everything, like a big knowledge of information that I can just ask and you answer, and it's been very helpful for me. I know that like everyone always kinds of skip the nutrition portion of like training weight training or just being you know uh, a competitive athlete but it's honestly the most important factor and it's something i always overlooked or just something i just like ah maybe i'll just do this or maybe i'll just do that and i figured i was writing down stuff because i finally have like a training log and it was asking like goals in the future and what i want to do after uh american open 2 in california I wrote down my goals and one of them was like seek out like nutrition like whether you know contact someone maybe I try to roll into it I always you know counted macros in the past and have somewhat of a knowledge through my you know um, exercise science and physiology like background but they never tapped into like nutrition that much which it goes hand in hand but it's like out of their field to where they can't they're not like a specialist in that field and um, yeah, just rolled into where I was asking Matt, your name popped up, I hit you up. And then uh, we've been FaceTiming at least like I'd say like once a week or once every two weeks. And uh, it's been great so far. Awesome. And yeah, yeah, I would I would say um, my experience with at Purdue, I did a um, somewhat double major um, where it had exercise science in there. So we were always over in our exercise science building with the with all other uh, majors in that field. And it's it's it, in my respect too. I respect the expert in exercise because I have an understanding of it, but it's not my specialty. And each field t- touches up on each other, but not enough where it's nice. Where I really love the field of just healthcare in any in any sense because it's always an opportunity for teamwork. Because it's always going to be, it's never going to be just one individual with all the knowledge. It's really going to take a team to really um, kind of 
you know, get the job done properly. Yeah, exactly. And I totally fucked up. I was supposed to record on my uh, garage band, but I got it on Zoom. But no worries about that. Um, so yeah, like in, I guess we could you talk about Purdue and the program, mm-hmm. like the double majors stuff. Like, what exactly was like your um, curriculum? If you want to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, the major thing of uh, becoming a dietitian, a registered dietitian, is. You have to go to a school that is accredited, um, meaning that it has the courses that has been approved that will meet the requirements of then taking uh, the board exam for becoming a registered dietitian. Um, so at Purdue, um, you know, go Boilermakers, the big pride alum from there, just because they have such a strong program in nutrition science, uh, great researchers, and just an overall, um, you know, the school gets. You know, we always have that kind of uh, thing with IU, but really um, the big thing about Purdue was there's, it was so research focused and it was great to learn from those, um, those mentors, those professors, but the curriculum, it's pretty, it's pretty wide. It's, it's really fun. It's, it's perfect for me because it's everything I love. It's, it's all food. So some of the courses you would take that were specific for dietetics would be you would take um, micro and macro metabolism. So really learning the systems of how our body breaks down those macronutrients like fats, carbs, and proteins. And then also the micronutrients and how they're important for bodily functions. Um, Other courses would include, so that's our like our big science ones with some, before going in there, you'll take things like biology, chemistry, biochemistry to get that understanding. Um, And then along that way, you'll take things like um, some things around food service, because we are also one of the major ones in like big hospitals that we kind of oversee that. Um, you also take courses like in that's actual food science. So learning the chemistry behind food, um, even a couple labs where kind of you understand what the cook, how chemistry changes with cooking, um, or food products. Um, other courses would be then like things like public health, um, where uh, dietitian can be very influential. And then things that are more on our clinical side would be more of the things like medical nutrition therapy. Um, and then another thing that makes a dietitian a little bit um, different from other senses when we're talking about nutrition, we take nutrition counseling. So learning how to talk to individuals mm. um, in a way where we're not just being the experts. We're really helping the individual meet them where they are and and kind of help with our knowledge of like, okay, where can I assist them? Or where can I teach them to have their own skills and tools? Because if I just may lay out a plan for you, what happens when you don't have that plan anymore? Yeah. And so we really want, we want to leave someone for success for the future, not just until you keep paying me. It's that's the, that's the, I think the biggest thing about it. That makes sense. And I'm glad that you explained all that. Cause there's a lot more that goes into it than just like, nutrition like a diet because like the name dietitian or you think just that's what you just need to eat this is what you do and that's it but it sounds way more extensive and there's so many different fields that you mentioned so I'm glad that you explained that uh, could you I guess um, how do I put this like explain the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian because I know like those words can get interchangeable and people like are trying to compare the two. I like to compare it like someone who thinks they are um, like a physical therapist versus like an athletic trainer. Totally different. Or like an athletic trainer, but they're um, but they think they're someone who's a personal trainer. Like those are totally different fields. It is like the names get mixed up. So 
if you can explain it for everyone who's listening, I think that would be really good. Yeah, yeah. So the word um, dietitian, especially registered dietitian, that credential of an RD or RDN, registered dietitian nutritionist, um, those are, um, and I'll, I'll say a little bit, they, they just got updated here in 2024. There's going to be new requirements. Um, but the requirement is to go to an undergrad, a four-year school, um, complete all those courses. And I believe it, 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 it changed. I think Purdue had, you had to at least score um, so many courses, like you had to get a B in, in, the, in, the, in the essential courses, and then others you had to get a C. Um, but once past an undergrad, we have to do a 1,200-hour internship. Um, and that internship had, uh, it varies from program to program. So it, it's very, uh, it can be very stressful because it, there's only so many to apply to. But um, it's you're typically going to do a clinical rotation, so a hospital food service rotation, and then typically a community. So working for uh government agencies like public health departments, WIC, um, things like that. So once you pass that, then you are able to then um, sit for your board exam, um, which is uh, about 125 questions. It's 150 you get, if, but you have to score so much points. Uh, once you get to 125, if you've done, if you've done well enough, bam, you can, uh, you're done. Or you get 25 more questions to kind of uh, succeed. Um, and then there, after that, you are become a registered dietitian. The new the new requirement, the only difference is now you now have to have a master's degree before sitting for that exam. Mm -hmm. um, so when I I did my master's because um, for a lot of reasons, in the sense of I wanted to be able to understand uh, research better and and um, just educate myself more in this field. Uh, so I was grandfathered in; I didn't have to do it. But now, if you don't, if you're not there by 2024 so here just in a month uh, and a half here uh then you have to have your masters so and that, so so that's oh. uh i'm oh, sorry is that what you're so basically the ld in means licensed dietitian exactly okay so and then okay good yeah so i'm glad you brought up the licensed dietitian so the big difference then with nutritionists is that right now there isn't a anyone to um, support that. No accreditation supports that that term nutritionist alone. And so that can vary. There's programs, there are some programs that um, do a much better job. And I've, I've seen some of these coaches who are going from other accreditations, and it seems like they are doing a good job because their information seems like they stay within their scope, meaning they're not talking about any type of chronic, chronic, chronic additions. Um, and they seem like they're very, they're talking about, um, food relationship building you know not being extreme um but there there is no when it comes to nutritionist there's no actual minimum requirement and so that word when you put it on your bio it it, it needs to be i'd say to be anyone out there there's nothing wrong with going with any of these individuals but at least going making sure what kind of credentials they have and maybe doing your own research on that, what that credential required because it could be a two-hour class that they did online it could be more extensive than that it could be uh, a three-month program or it could be a one-year program not sure but always do your research on if you're working with someone under that title just to see if it fits what your needs are yeah exactly and i think disclaimer out there if anyone who is working with the nutritionist there's nothing wrong with that because mm -hmm. there's plenty of smart people out there i just didn't know talking to you prior that there was a difference i was ignorant to 
like I didn't know what was the two and um where am I getting that with this basically I think maybe do you think that people reach out to nutritionists because they're more readily or easily available versus like a dietitian who's more in like the medical field or you maybe work with insurance versus like an own independent eight like you know self-employer yeah i make a good point on that there is a thing where um it does depend on what you're going for with a dietitian versus nutritionist and i think the big thing is that sometimes really is missed in our education is that sometimes if you're going to a dietitian and you're very like strength athlete focused or you're very and in a sense that might not be their specialty um and where maybe that nutritionist they have been working with these athletes in mm. this population and they have more experience around there mm. um and so in a sense some of it can be that they are a little bit more readily accessible accessible especially online where some dietitians they are really focused on maybe um, honing on the, on their insurances so they can cover that for individuals or um sometimes the price difference is going to be there you know we did go to school we do have higher costs in the sense of getting these licenses and and certifications but sometimes i've seen some prices of some dietitians and i, I understand where that can be kind of difficult as well and so when it's not insurance covered but you're not looking for it for chronic conditions i can understand why someone may like might not want to go pay that price when they're looking for their own special needs absolutely and i think having you on this podcast kind of maybe blend in those worlds too between medical or maybe just like just you know athletic wise and stuff like that um what made you want to go into this field in general yeah, that's that's a great question. I remember, um, I remember the day it happened. It it, it was um, for a long time. I did not know what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be an engineer. I went to a day event at um, a smaller school around my hometown. Um, that's a Purdue sister school, and I went to that day event. I was like, "Whoa, this is not me. I am not an engineer." Um, and so I got stuck for a while and, and I always love food. I have a passion for food and that strongly comes from my mom and my culture. So I it just struck me one day. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go try to be a chef, culinary. Oh uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> so I joined a high school program where half our day we would go to another high school that was only meant for careers. Um, and so they had a culinary program and we would just have, we basically had a little mini college, uh, culinary college and one of the alums came back and he was telling us that he's doing a culinary program that's half nutrition, half culinary. And I was like, you can do that? What? Um, but that got really crushed right away because it was a private school. It was going to cost me probably 150000 out of pocket um, to go to that. It was in Rhode Island. Um, so I talked to the... Uh, my chef and I talked to um, I went to, I went to one of uh, was directors of a of a great culinary school in Joliet, Illinois. Um, they were like, you know what, you're better off if you get a two year associates of culinary and then you go to like a big school to become a dietitian. Like you would be set with that. Um, I, 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 I culinary school was too expensive for me at that time. I was being charged out of state to go to that program, so I went heads on with culinary. I mean with dietitian. Um, and a big thing why I am so passionate about 
uh, my field is uh, my mom growing up had uh, diabetes, hypertension, um, and you know she was taking care of herself um, as as I was getting older. But unfortunately, it ended up being um, uh, chronic kidney disease and ended up being on dialysis. And that's where I really found out, like, wow, I don't. The renal diet is a very complicated diet, and I just didn't understand it. I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. What do you mean you, she has to control how much water she is? Water is good for everyone. What do you mean she can't eat these vegetables? Vegetables are good for everyone. And you know, they had a dietitian there, and it made me realize, like, there's a lot more to learn around this. And so that's where I got head on, um, and went, you know, did what I did, what I could to get to Purdue. Um, and at Purdue, I, I grew a passion for both dietetics and at sports because um, shout out to Lauren Link out there at Purdue. She's the now assistant athletic director out there, but she is the director of nutri- uh, sports nutrition out there and just a wonderful mentor in what she's done for Purdue. It's one, it's really amazing. It's, it's, it's one, it's very fortunate to go to a school like that, had that because you, you don't get to work under athletes like that in college and many other programs. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a really good program. And honestly, I've always heard good things about Purdue and not being biased either with any school, but it just seems like an overall good school. And obviously, like the way that you explained the curriculum and what you guys had to go through was was pretty good, cool. So shout out to Purdue, uh, whoever's listening. And then, um, yeah, man, let's just I actually didn't even really mention the fact that you're a weightlifter. So that's oh, another yeah. <laughs> reason why that's another reason why we started getting into uh, working with each other because uh, he was working with Matt. He was lifting at Indy City as well. Obviously from Indiana to I mean, I'm from Illinois, but I moved to Indiana and we kind of like crossed paths in a way like you were leaving and I was still like moving in. And then like, you moved to out in Denver. Um, but yeah, man, let's I guess let's roll into um, a little bit of how you started with weightlifting, because I feel like it's such a niche sport. Yeah, um, it's 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 funny how Matt plays such a big role in that aspect. Um, it's really funny though how I got into it. Really, what it was is I I've done I I knew how to clean um, because of like I did football in high school, in middle school, and like a little bit of freshman high school. So from summit grade, I, I they showed me how to clean. Um, and I, I always knew how to clean, but it was the big influence was uh shout out to vince um vince, LA, vince vince yeah. Corey, no vince shit. Corey, man he's <laughs> my dog so i don't know if you know this but me and vince were roommates at purdue um i got in i got accepted very late into my first semester at purdue because i did a two years at community school and um i got nervous i needed like where am i gonna live they like told me out of the blue, hey, you're accepted. You got class today. Like, come down. Um, and I live an hour and a half from, away from Purdue, my hometown. So I found a sub a lease on Facebook Market. And this dude was leaving because uh, he was a great guy. He, his girl was coming from his home country. And he's like, I can't live with three other men uh, with my girl. Um, so sub lease. And the interesting thing, that's where Vince, Vince was living there. Um, and we got to know each other. At that time, this was Big Vince. He was powerlifting. Um, no and, way. Yeah. Yeah. And so what ha- happened was uh, COVID came, and you know, me and Vince always have kept in touch. And I came to visit him. He invited me for a Memorial Day, um, kind of like barbecue thing, at, at his apartment when he was living with Eric. And I got there. 
And because I, I was at Ball State at this time. And I was just, that's where I got introduced to Matt. I started, we, me, me and him were goofing off the whole day. I got introduced to Eric, Breezy, Anna. Um, Sonny was there, um, James. And so uh, everything, I'm like, dude, all these people are so cool. Um, and then, like, I started, because they, add, they added me on an Instagram group for the barbecue. And, you know, I was talking to Matt, and I, I, I check his page. I'm like, dude, how is this dude so strong? Like, <laughs> and then the big thing, too, Vince, Vince was just super cut when I found, saw him. I'm like, Vince, what'd you do? He's, he's like, still cut. <laughs> he's like, I just been eating beef and weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been eating beef and weightlifting, bro. I don't even know, man. <laughs> so that, that got me so intrigued. I'm like, what, dude? Like, everyone here is super strong. What is it? Is it weightlifting? And, like, so I ended up ordering me a cheap pair of Reebok lifters. They're like, I forgot what they're called. They had like this much of a, of a, a heel. So it's a very like in the middle, almost trainer shoe. I bought a program by, um, I can never say his name, the Ukrainian weightlifter, Oliski. Uh, Are you talking about the, uh, yeah, Tarakovy? Tarakovy, there we yeah. go. Whatever um, his name is, yeah. <laughs> Bought that program and was started lifting at Ball State. And from there, I was like, um, I asked Vince first a little bit of guidance. But from there, I like instantly fell in love with the sport of how challenging it could be. But like, I think the biggest thing that got me, especially because I was I was pretty stressed out that time, was how much focus I had at each training session. Where that was like that was my Zen zone. All I had to do was focus on the bar. And at that time, that's all I would think about. And then I got out, then I go back to my uh, real world. But weightlifting was like, wow, this is awesome. And I got to see that it's not strength here, not just strength. It's it's a lot more than that. And I, I've always loved the challenge. Yeah, dude. It's actually, we kind of had similar backgrounds with weightlifting. Um, I don't know if you heard like the very first podcast I made, like it's a little intro, but it's just kind of like how I started. But basically... I kind of did like a sandwich. I started weightlifting to try to teach my athletes how to like clean because I had no idea how to freaking do it clean because I didn't do that in high school or college. I just did like the big three. So I did a little bit of weightlifting, like very just like by myself, sending videos to Matt. This is back in like 2016, 2017. And then um, I started going to CrossFit because I just couldn't find, I didn't know any weightlifters around and it was a way to get weightlifting and strength and conditioning. CrossFit is really just a different style of strength and conditioning. If you really mm-hmm. follow the fundamentals and how the class is structured. So I fell in love with CrossFit for a little bit. And then when I went to grad school, like you did, um, I wanted to do a meet. And one of my buddies in my class was a weightlifter. And he's like, you got to check out this coach here out in, because uh, I went to Northern Illinois University. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got to you gotta uh, go with this coach. He's a good weightlifter, blah, blah. He's also 73 kilo lifter too. Like, he's a master's, but like, yeah, dude, he'll get you prepped for a meet. So I instantly contacted him. I got into like my first like 12 week block, did a meet, and then I never looked back, honestly, after that. So that's kind of wow. how I started too. Yeah. It's, it's awesome how it like, you never, you would never guess, but once you get kind of bit by it, you're just like, "Whoa, this is this is some serious stuff." It's just funny because, like, you never think that two lifts could be a fucking sport, you know? But no, like, not at all. <laughs> but we love it. I don't know. There's something about it that just like the combination of being like strong and athletic, 
and just doing something that you honestly think is impossible, like a snatch or like throwing mm -hmm. hundreds of pounds overhead in a jerk is like, wow, this is cool as hell. Once you like you put in the work and it pays off. Absolutely. And athleticism. I, th I think this is one thing that I've really picked up on um, some of your podcasts is like how much benefit beneficial sports can be growing up. Yeah, dude. Like I did a uh, minor in um, sports psychology and just other different things with my exercise physiology like major uh, in grad school. And it has talked a lot about just having that background of like not specializing athletes, which I know today's age, like you got to start early or else you're not going to be good because the level of playing of any ball sport is extremely high. Like if I, you know, back in the day, if I played you know, high school baseball, like if I played high school baseball right now with the skill I had back then, I would just get whooped. It's not that I was good back in the day. You know what I mean? Like people just play year round and they almost have to do it just to stay competitive. But as far as studies shows, like you don't have to stick with one sport. And I have one anecdote that I think is pretty cool. I was a strength coach and, um, you know, right after my undergrad and I worked with athletes. So we worked with baseball players, but they also played like different sports too. Sometimes they weren't always uh, specialized. This one kid, his name is McCade Brown. I'll just shout him out because um, he's in the MLB now. Uh, he was like a goalie uh, playing soccer, but he also was a pitcher. Um, and he was just really good, but he said, honestly said he, he could have done either war. He said he liked soccer better, but he was better at baseball as a pitcher. End up pitching for IU, actually. Oh, he was like, okay. I guess he broke records there. I don't know. And then I think he got picked up on the uh, Rockies, which is so weird. Indiana and then like Colorado. But yeah, I don't know where he's at now. But I remember I was talking to some buddies because I went to a wedding recently. of One of my boys uh, that I used to work with got married a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, like, um, yeah, he's in the MLB, like as a pitcher. Like, it's just insane. But like, again, he wasn't just a one sport person. He did multiple different sports. Yeah, no, I I definitely do see that even with individuals I knew growing up, um, and myself too. Um, it it seemed to be, especially at that age, it's so great just to try new things because you adapt so quickly. Your body's just in, you know, just ex. It, it's pretty. I'm always a big advocate for it because I think one thing you also I heard you say was like the discipline in that it teaches you. Um, like I only wrestled for two years, but that wrestling influenced my life to this day. It, it was, it was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, dude, just so many life lessons. Like, dude, there's times where it's almost like that fraternization or like that things that you go through is very comparable to a lot of things like, like the military, other things, like just going through it together, being on time for certain things, getting in trouble together, having those wins and losses together. And, and like just having that accountability at a young age and and being like regimented in your schedule, I think is is, is crucial. But I mean, I just kind of see the negative falls too, where people just put too much on their plate. Like these kids have to go here, this practice, this, and they don't they don't have time for anything. And then that's why they're so I don't care. That's why they're so fucking weird. Like socially, <laughs> they can't talk to you. They can't look at you in your eyes. Like you know what I mean. This is me going on a rant, but like it is super beneficial to have those like regiment things. But you know, there's a balance with everything. Absolutely, especially at that age where balance should really be like it should be fun, no matter what. It has to be fun because you're too young to be taking things seriously yet. 
it's 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 a it's literally a, if you can it's a privilege to just be a kid exactly you just gotta you know life's too short and you look back and you're like well damn i just missed out on every single thing because i thought i was gonna make it or i was gonna do this that and the other but i guess let's go in and we could kind of um scare mm-hmm. off and talk about i guess me and you and uh what we're currently working on i think that Absolutely. Other, other people are listening will maybe get some benefit out of it so Again, I've been working with um, Jesus now for a few weeks, and it's been more of a lifestyle change and just kind of getting good habits down first. We haven't really been tracking anything crazy like macros. We haven't been like really tracking that much of anything. It's just more of just hey, this is what like your your like a balanced plate should look like. This is how much carbs you should have. You know, this is how much. Protein you should have in each meal, getting your sleep, and he does, you know, talk about other things as well because it's not just what you eat, right? Absolutely, yeah, and you know that I think the biggest thing that really stood out to me from you was you were like, I want to learn this now, but also for life, um, which is such a crucial thing. Um, and I, I really do feel this. It's it's on. It's really surprising to me that there aren't many nutrition experts in the field of strength sports. Uh, powerlifters has more, um, but weightlifting, I'm having a hard time uh, finding more in Olympic weightlifting. Yeah, dude, it's kind of like a thing where just, like there is a uh, an upbringing of like new coaches and new holistic approaches, but then there's also like just still that old school mentality where people just haven't grown yet. People haven't got one in the times yet. Like mm-hmm. I still don't understand just in general how our streaming is so crappy. Like, if you compare it to powerlifting local competition, oh, yeah. compared to, like, guess what? There's going to be a meet this weekend, and it's going to be trash. And, and, like, as far as, like, uh, the production level, they're probably not even going to be a live stream, which is sad, you know? Absolutely. Like, get with the times, USAW. I'm just saying. Like, they could do a lot better. And I, I'm just saying that because I'm picky, and I just want things to be good. But I feel like that dives in also to a n- nutrition and and if you talk to some coaches, like they'll treat you like a wrestler. Like, all right, starve yourself, spit, sit in a sauna. All right, lose ki- this kilo, this that. You know, like not saying I've had any coaches that done that, but I've seen it, and I also did it to myself too. I'm like, because I didn't know what to do, and I wouldn't ask for help. I didn't know. Yeah, so I'll be curious in the sense that I kind of hear your experience with this, uh, especially that aspect of like your experience that we're talking about lifestyle. We're not, we're not even like, Hey, you eat this many calories each day, make sure you're not going over this much fat. Like we're just really talking about in, in general, which I think um, it's great that you really stick true to your, your culture of, of having a lot of these traditional Japanese foods, which just naturally include this very balanced way of life. But um, I would be interested to hear your experience of like weight cuts in the past, because that's, that's, one of the hardest part about strength sports is strength and weight cutting don't really add up. So there's there's ways to do it, but there's also, like you said, ways that are pretty, can be pretty detrimental. Yeah, I'll get into it, man. I think when I first started weightlifting, I was like 77 kilos. I think I was like 175 pounds wise. So I had to lose like maybe 15 pounds or like 10, 10 to 15 pounds. That's just a general range. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, like, I actually got to, like, lose weight. And coming from, like, a somewhat, like, a skinny guy or just, like, an average weight guy my whole life, I've never had to intentionally lose weight. I was always in sports that didn't have to have a weight class. I was on a team. 
You know what I'm saying? This is my first solo sport ever. So I was like, I don't know what to do. So I like, you know, I kind of asked a couple questions and like, I didn't maybe get a little bit of answers, but nothing like too in depth. Like, oh yeah, just, um, you know, cut out drinking or uh, drink a lot of water before blah, blah, blah. blah. And then like, okay. But like, I didn't really ask too much. It was kind of more just expected of me to lose weight. Like, you know what I mean? It's more just my job, but I, I really didn't know. I didn't know how I was kind of lost. So what I did starve myself like an idiot. I remember, and this is the time I had a girlfriend. I was, you know, living with her in an apartment. I was just like almost like dying in sleep, like just wanting to eat something so bad, like wake up, check the scale, like eat an apple and then go back to sleep. And like, dude, I would just like starve myself the entire time and like trying to go to night school for grad school, stuff like that. And then trying to train like that, feeling like I'm going to pass out like during lifts. Like I just didn't know what I was. I didn't know what I was doing. It's it was so stupid. My very first cut was probably the hardest. And because I just didn't see the number fall off and I didn't know what to do other than just like drink a lot of water and not drink alcohol. Because like, I'm not going to lie, like probably during my master's time, I was still drinking a lot. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I, I really wish you watched this anime. I don't know if you ever watched it. The the I, I mentioned in like all my podcasts now, the Hajime no Ifo, the boxing anime. Yeah, I heard you talk about it. You, you got to, dude. You got to watch it. Dude, because there's a point where it talks about cutting and like he's like dying, like, ah, like literally, like, you know, all exaggerated. He tries to act tough in front of like Ipo, but this the older senpai, like, dude, uh-huh. he's dying. He's like, he only had like, he only had like one little thing to eat all day. I was like, dude, that was me. That was me. <laughs> and like, I don't know. Maybe we should like glorify like dying and like trying to get into that stuff because to be honest, it's, it was. I was probably a horrible, like, boyfriend at the time. I was probably a horrible friend at the time. So, my that was that one instance of that wasn't that great. Um, but, but the performance was fine. I think it was just adrenaline. I never really had, like, too bad of a cut where, like, the performance failed. I If I had to say anything, it would just be, like, my cleans would be really hard to stand up and sometimes feel lightheaded at the top. Mm-hmm. So, then going in the jerk, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like other, honestly, my routine I used to do, I would like kind of just freak out like, oh man, well, let's just, uh, start cutting two weeks out. So I drink a lot of water, stop drinking alcohol. That's kind of like my main thing. And then I would just like, um, just try to eat less. Like I would still eat the same, like healthy ish type stuff. Um, uh, one thing that did work for me in the past couple years now, I would say, working with uh when i was on bear i started bear in 2021 so mm-hmm. it's been a while um i honestly just had money at the time and i had um just available like food prep sources because mm-hmm. i was like it just took the it just took the you know the thinking out of it because i think like you know my coach was not, not saying i had to have like a nutritionist or something but she's like you gotta have a plan you're not just gonna starve yourself so i was like hey so i told her like what i'm going to do to cut because she'd be like all right how are you gonna cut what are you going to do? So I like, I like those questions because it made me have a plan. So, I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I was obviously still like doing my fitness pal and just tracking every little thing mm-hmm. I could, but it took all the thinking work out of it when I did like trifecta meals at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just hopped on like maybe the beginning of this year was like, um, Herculean meal preps is out of, you know, Indy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. They had one in Fort Wayne. I was working in Fort Wayne for like a whole month, a whole summer so that was perfect, just eating those meals. But I, I found with those meals, like, 
yeah, you may get your macros in in check, but I still think that the calorie overall was so low. Like, I think I was only eating like 1,200 calories. And they're like, what, Corey? I'm like, yeah, the weight's not coming off. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then, and funny example, like fast forward to now, let's just, you know, talk about this. Mm-hmm. I'm not even cutting. I'm just, I'm kind of just eating what I want, but like just everything's more balanced and, and like the timing of things. And, and it's not the best either. Like I still have flexible things, but I think just the, the little hints and stuff like that, I'm not stressing about overeating or undereating, just kind of maintaining that. And if I'm full, I'll stop. That's another big thing. Just like, all right, let me cut out. I don't need to eat these fries or Oh, I don't need to eat the rest of this rice that, like, you know, I cooked for myself. Uh, just li- little things. And honestly, I'm probably eating way more now, but I'm also just still staying the same weight. Like, I, I think I woke up, like, right at 73. So that's kind of been my, I guess, progression of all the, the diets I've, I've done in the past. And then also, sometimes I'm horrible and I'll, I'll mess up and I'll drink or I'm on a trip and freaking – you know, I'm on a trip for work and I end up drinking, eating out and like, oh, mm-hmm. don't, and then I'm like, oh, I just fucked myself. I feel like sometimes with the drinking and eating out thing, it's like just a, that itself is a horrible combo. <laughs> so um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, that, that's just, it's my experience with the um, with the cutting. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. That's that's a pretty amazing like, uh, you know, transition and really, really happy to hear like now it's mainly kind of the intuitive eating, uh, kind of really listening to your body where, and really getting, cause it, it takes practice. It really does. in a sense of getting to that time of like, I feel good. I don't need, I know I have this on my plate or I made this much, but there's nothing wrong with saving it for later. Um, and, and sometimes it's hard. It's hard to get to that point because of how we're raised or, or even maybe some influences of like, Oh, I got to eat so much to get big. Um, but I, I'm glad you you share that experience with the with the meal kits because I've I've reviewed them for in the past for people and I'm like, why are they so low in calories? Like extremely low, and I just never understood that as well. It it doesn't have to be that low. And you you bring up a funny point like, all right, I'm doing these low calories, I'm not losing weight, yeah. um, and it's something that I still would have to look into more, like the actual. Uh, research and science of it, but I do know a big thing that's getting more popular when they and they ter- they turn into a lot of um, people who are very live active lifestyles or athletes. This this concept that they call reverse dieting, um, and they find that individuals are you know maybe restricting themselves, especially males. Um, you know, 1,200, 1,400 calories is typically very low for any male, especially an active male. Um, and they find that you know they increase their calories, and they're like, "Wait, what's going on? I feel better. Everything weight's coming off." And it, it sometimes it's it's just it. I understand the concept of like how to to have someone kind of nudge you and like eat more. You're gonna lose weight, and it's just like, no, you're you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, but I'm very happy you share that because the big thing I say that can be. Where it can be, you got people have to be careful. If someone is ever encouraging you to do something you're not comfortable with, I would, you know, then try to find someone else. Because the big thing that can happen for some of these people is that they, they, you know, eating disorders are a big thing when it comes to weight class uh, sports, and it's something that is very huge, especially in like collegiate level class um, and anything that is weight, like, and like combat sports fighters, 
wrestlers, um, a lot of Olympic sports because there's weight classes or they're being judged on looks, right? like divers and um, gymnastics. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's it sounds like you're finding a nice balance for yourself that's working. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to see what works. And, and um, just things in the past has worked great for me, but it's like a lot of it's trial and error and a lot of it's just like, um, I don't know if it's going to work. It's like that bro science. Oh, it worked for me, but like, I don't know. It could work for you too, but I don't know. It just works for me. So it's like getting the, like the, was it questions or just the gray area and just knowing it's facts and just kind of confirming my ideals coming, uh, you know, confirming things that I thought was true through my prior knowledge and kind of solidifying the, the lifestyle and the approach that I do. And like I said, it may not even be perfect. If I tracked everything right now, I may not even be hitting my my macro, so to say. But as far as just like trying to find that balanced meals and, and timing and all that stuff, it's like it's definitely been working. And I'm just in a I'm in a good bubble right now. Like, you know, I don't feel like I'm falling off. I don't feel like I'm mentally like fatigued with like um, just work stuff or just working out. I mean, yeah, there's days, trust me, I've done everything right that you told me and I feel like crap at training and I feel like those are just, this happened, but we, we, you know, we wake up, we do it tomorrow and we do it, you do it over again. And I feel like that's kind of just how it is. And, but right now, uh, I guess for people who are listening that could take in to stuff, I mentioned some of these things about timing, some things about like, uh, balanced meals. Like what is your approach? Is it very specific towards person I'm assuming, or is there a general like lifestyle things that people should consider? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll highlight one thing you mentioned earlier. Um, then I'll go into more is trial and error. It's very individualized. Um, a lot of things work for some and don't work for others. Um, it even comes sometimes with carbs. I've had um, individuals where I've given the advice and you know um, carbon up. I'm a big carb advocate, and for them it didn't it didn't work. It they didn't feel good. And I'm like, oh, that's perfectly fine. Let's keep those carbs down. Uh, we we don't have to give them as high. Um, and and so, the big thing for when I when it comes to I say um, performance is timing, and that's something that I know me and you have really talked about is timing, and especially around the actual activity because um, that's where it can really benefit to be fueled up properly, so you can just. Um, really execute your training at your best ability. Um, so one thing that we've really worked on is timing of meals before. Um, before we really want to kind of uh, for anyone who is, especially I say any sport, but strength training as well. You would really want to kind of at least um, ideally have at least two hours uh, window for your eating, um, and in that meal, you really want to make sure it's. Um, more of a carb uh, dominant meal, medium uh, medium to low fat, and medium protein. And I know sometimes uh, some individuals have have I've, I've heard uh, just comments of like ah, I just feel heavy during my lifting, or GI issues are coming up, and likely the fat and the protein are going to be big components of it. I know that one thing that sometimes um, some individuals do is like eat a protein bar right before training. Um, and a lot of it sometimes are going to be like, 
and it's just something that is deemed in our culture sometimes uh we, especially especially with some of the media is like oh you don't want sugar carbs so it's a lot of these like quest bars or these bars are going to be sweetened with sugar alcohol um tons of fiber and having that before um a lifting session, you're probably going to find out, like, I don't feel good. <laughs> or you're going to have to have some breaks during your session. <laughs> um, and so um, I'd say two hours before and making sure it's just moderating that protein and fats. Uh, so that's not not trying to have, like, you know, biscuits and gravy uh, before a lift would be would be ideal there. Um, and then another big thing I is I always encourage someone to have some type of carbs right before, simple carbs. Um, and this can come in various ways. Some people, fruit just does not work with them right before. Um, that could be the, the type of sugars and, again, the fiber. Um, so I'd say anything like try 30 minutes before, try to get some carbs in, whatever, trial and error, some things. And you really want to tr- do this before a meet because you want to see what's going to work for you. Um, and so these carbs can come from so many sources. Um, it can come from if you think, like, I hate have I have – or so many individuals say, I do not like having food in my stomach. Then let's get it from uh, like liquids. Um, you can make your own kind of Gatorade with juice if you don't want to go with Gatorade more natural style. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say like do, um, so you're not overdoing it so much. You just can do like four ounces and then four of juice and four ounces of water. Um, that's going to get you a nice 15 grams or 20 grams on most juices. Um, or you can do like things like graham crackers, um, dried fruits, anything that's on the go, it's mainly carbs. That's the main thing for a pre-workout meal is it's going to be dominantly carbs. You don't want fats and fiber that much in there. Granola bars, breakfast bars. Then during, during, I always really encourage, especially because weightlifting, workouts take two or three hours a lot of times. Um, and so you're going to need some fuel to help you get through that workout because you're going to go through majority of that, uh, especially for our quick burst movements. Um, and so inc- having some GARPs, for many people, it's, it can range, but typically like 15 to 30 per hour is a good way to go. And again, you can bring anything you like. If it's, if you, again, you don't like liquid, if you don't like food in your system, liquids. I'm a big advocate for Gatorade. The reason why it's Gatorade is because Gatorade just has a higher sodium profile than some of the other uh, fluids. They are super supported by science. Like Gatorade has an amazing, amazing nutrition science team. Like um, the no sugar or just regular Gatorade? I would encourage, like the no sugars would more come from, I'd say if you're really like, hey, we're kind of for a cut and we're, we're getting there, then because water can hold on, holds on to sugar, uh, to car to carbs or glycogen then zero but if we're not and we're not too worried about weights i go with normal so you can get that energy that sugar to fuel your workouts especially for those big lifts um i know we talked about like applesauce is a big one that can be nice and easy um or even sometimes it can be fun things like goldfish um where you're getting some carbs and salt at the same time um that works for individuals so lots of different options for anyone um and then Afterwards, afterwards is important to get you always hear the protein, but something that is very kind of like under, I guess, emphasize is that it's actually very beneficial for our post-workout meal to include, especially, um, you know, the window is actually much bigger than once thought. Um, you have about four hours to get some protein in after your lift, but really what it is, is if we can get like, if, if people are advocates of 
maintaining that high protein diet, then instead of just going a protein shake by itself, um, let's see if we can get, you know, a fruit would go with that. Because if we can restore our glycogen storages, then that's going to help promote protein synthesis. Mm. It actually isn't being optimally used if, if sugar isn't being replenished after um, strenuous act activity. So that's why you'll hear chocolate milk is a big one because it's the perfect combo of carbs and protein. Um, and so that's why I always, when I hear people really going on protein, please get some, like you can even save some of your carbs. Um, it doesn't have to always be, you can be on the lower side if you are if you are cutting, but if you're adding something in there, you're likely gonna be able to perform better. Meaning you're getting your lips, you're, you're exploding a little bit more. You're getting a little bit more out. It doesn't always feel like a lot, but over time, you may then notice these differences. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I know you said it before and I might have forgot. I'm like, oh, man, think about getting some fruits in with my, my protein afterwards. And you talk about the glycogen level like me. Like, I don't really know that much about that stuff. But the way they explained it, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that's huge. It's important. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball and let's just say that... You know, keto is a big thing, and I'm sure you heard keto, 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 and I've heard keto, 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 and and my um, in my program with exercise physiology, especially in the mm-hmm. grad school program, because we did a lot of bioenergetics class. We had to learn like metabolic pathways and and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, I'm not spun up like I was back in the day, like talking about this, like the molecular level and cellular stuff and what goes in and what transfer, the Krebs cycle and all that stuff. I'm not spun up. It's been a few years, and um, but let's just say I'm a keto athlete, right? And you mm. mentioned a lot, like carbs are so huge, and I and a lot of uh, people who are nutritionists and dietetics would be a huge advocate on carbs, 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 because um, you just need them for energy. That's what your body wants to use in order to like do what we do, right? Especially for anaerobic exercise, which for weightlifting, that's what we do. Um, but keto has proven to have like obviously using fats as fuel and we only have a small limited space to storage carbs versus fats like we have a lot more fat storage so the idea of it is when that transfers over when you can use fats for fuel we have a lot more that you know a lot more just a wallet full of a bag full to use than carbs so once that transitions then you could be a lot more efficient and you're just not even the energy expenditure is not as bad, blah, blah, blah. blah. That's why people like keto and you could lose weight and shit like that. But um, if I was a keto athlete, how would you approach like that, you know, method then? Because you said, you know, with fats Mm -hmm. and stuff could may take longer to break down. What would be for a keto athlete? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Yeah. And it's one thing that I always would, um, would encourage that I, res- I respect whatever anyone's doing especially if they are being safe about it still going to doctor checkups you know annually and and everything and so keto athletes it, it there it is big and there's it's it's a very growing um field in in um nutrition research i see that they are researching individuals um i've seen some they were very small so and they like six to eight in their population on um on strength. And so the big thing, if it was a keto athlete, I think we would focus on like, if we're um, saving some of those, like for a pre-workout snack, it would be then, Hey, I know on the keto, we can likely enjoy some berries. 
Um, then let's let's see if we can save some of those berries for a pre-workout snack. And then afterwards, if there's enough room in their keto, then afterwards then and, and protein. Like I would really then advocate to have it before and after in the little carbs that they can have to still maintain ketosis um, along with, um, I'd, I'd say probably protein would be great um, to support them at least feeling a little bit fueled up uh, throughout the lift or, and then especially afterwards, but in a sense with keto, I'd say the big thing there is to make sure that we're still emphasizing a lot of, uh, like whole foods in that aspect. Cause I think that's where sometimes it can get a little bit mistaken where, um, you know, keto has its realm where it started. It started with supporting, um, children with epilepsy. And it's the thing about it is in, and that's where it's the aspect of I, as a dietitian, I will bring um, evidence-based practice. It's it's not my going to be my bias. So I'll try to support them in the sense of maybe there is more research out there that I'm not aware of. You know, give me give me some time. I'll look into it and help support them. But I think the biggest thing would be um, making sure that they are feeling like uh, it's not affecting their performance and that they ultimately are enjoying what they're doing because that's the biggest thing to me. Do you enjoy this? Can you sustain these things? If not, we can talk about that. It's okay to transition. Um, so supporting them where they're at is the number one thing because, you know, there's no one way and we don't know. That's the thing about science. We don't know. And that's, I think, why we get, um, be, you know, sometimes in the media or like social media, it's, I see it more with some of my friends have their own private practice. Uh, the YouTube comments, if you know, they're like, you guys don't know anything. Like, we don't know everything. And to be a good scientist, which I'm not, I'm not, but to get someone who practices relaying science, you have to understand uh, not everything is certain. And then also be willing to uh, retract. You're like, you know what? You're right. New research has shown I, I, I had that wrong. And that's okay. And, and this is what the new research is showing or pointing us into. I really like that mentality, like never stop learning, you know, and that's the reason why I do this podcast, because it keeps me like still talking about stuff, even though I'm not actively using my degree. I like talking to people like you or professionals at what they do and kind of just dive in deep with the, you know, in the weeds, so to say. My only, um, I guess, bias with the keto versus like people who aren't doing keto, uh, specifically for uh, Olympic weightlifting, because, you know, just the Power Not podcast, you know, talk about weightlifting. It's an anaerobic sport, and most studies are only shown with a lot of just aerobic. Like all yeah. the, all the, I'm telling you, all the professors in my damn school, like undergrad and grad, were all nerds when it came to cardio, 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 cardio. Like you never that much studies about like actual lifting. You know, like maybe is, is it boring? I don't know. Is there not a lot of science behind it? I know there's a lot of you know bros with like you know stuff like that but they don't really do too much research on that so i feel like i was like kind of gypped in my education because like part of the reason why i dove into that field because i wanted to benefit myself you know like take what i could learn and, and apply it to myself uh but there's not a lot of studies with keto with uh with weight training at all no i think you make a great point and like where it comes back to um learn like learning the how research is conducted, and I, I was, I was happy to, to uh, get a couple classes with exercise science reading that research. And I imagine it would have to be because strength training seems to be harder to 
control in a study in a research study where cardio is much easier they have these machines to track your vo2 or they're able to track all these other things and in strength training it, they're gonna have to get a little bit more um a little bit more into some of those um and and definitely not my field i have a, a great friend who's getting his phd right now and i at uh iu um I can't think of it. The one in Indianapolis, the IUPUI. The OEPUI. Uh, <laughs> I would have to consult him. He's a genius, man. Um, but I think that that that's would be my guess. It's because it's and that's the thing about strength trainers. The research is not the same when it, when it compared to aerobic. Like aerobics, they have so much research for them, um, and and so that's where it kind of gets difficult. Like I think that you've also encountered with your background where. Um, where, where I remember you um, mentioned this before, like USAW is still kind of like, you know, not always having some of these specialists and, you know, to have those backgrounds, those scientific backgrounds, we have all this new stuff that's coming in that can be very useful for maybe some new techniques or, or training styles. I know, like, yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat and yeah, like keep it simple because the sport is simple, but if mm -hmm. we have technology, why don't we use it? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's tons of stuff. Like, I was talking to Layla uh, Cook on my, mm -hmm. earlier in my podcast, and she's doing her program down at ASU and talking about force plates and all the other stuff. Like, that's really cool. That's really interesting, and I wish I just knew more about that as well. Um, but, like, I guess with the – if we're on the realm of, like, still, um, I guess, like, nutrition and stuff, the only mm -hmm. thing I really, like, saw with um, – like a study it was like a student he had to do it was like his last little like cohort of mm -hmm. like he took a individuals of placebo and in a regular like group and it was just protein one was like they thought they were getting protein but it was like something else and then one was an like actual protein and they gave him like you know like a simple maybe like an eight-week block or something of an same exact like you know um like strength program and then they like would do like pre post test and all that stuff and obviously came back with the people who were like regimented, like had to take this amount of protein this much, like increased. But the other people who had a placebo still had the benefits of just with the, with the program, you know? So I thought that was pretty interesting about, they both got benefits, but obviously the protein one end up getting more. Um, but I don't know too much of the details. I remember I was just having a discussion with a buddy, you know? That sounds interesting. That's actually really out of the, to, uh, from the research I've heard, that's uh, kind of like out of the box thinking. So that is pretty cool to have, kind of had some placebos into protein. I don't really hear that much. I always hear it with carbs, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. It, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's easy and cheap to do the protein. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and like one thing that I um, also highlight with the sense way, because you, you, you make a great point, anaerobic, weightlifting and like analogy that i would use when it comes to like that aspect of understanding the metabolic systems it would be kind of like hey you have this pretty big yard to cut and using fats for our energy system or our energy our main energy source would be like trying to use cut that grass with a uh, push mower those old school with the blades that spin and then carbs would be uh, a full-on, like what you see from a landscaping company, like full-on power going, like, bam, let's go. Um, and that's the reason why you know, for carbs are going to be ideal for a sport like that, where it's explosiveness. It's ready to go. It's quick, instant. And it's, you know, what, what the body really prefers. 
from my understanding, more that ketogenesis, I mean, that keto is more of our body's generator. It's in a sense of like, hey, we don't, we we're, we ran out, our energy, our lights went out. It's okay though, we have a generator and we have some, we have fuel to go. We like, it was analyzed. Um, it was one of my professors kind of gave it like this, like, hey, you can, we all know humans can't run a, like barely run a marathon without carbs. You see those people break down and they, that's why they have gel packs or people are passing out um, sports drinks while they're running. But if you slow down that, um, that type of um, exercise, typically most humans, if I remember this correctly, you kind of reference it back, like someone can walk from New York City to LA, you just off pure fat storages. You're not, it's going to take you a long time to get there. You can't run because you're going to, you're going to run out, but you can walk and steadily use that. And that's, so that's kind of like, imagine it, it'd be great to even research more of like the ancestry of our, of our, um, cause a lot of it goes back to that. And that was it. They didn't know when they were getting food all the time. So that fat storage was awesome. It was our generator. Yeah, man, that's really, I love the analogies because it really puts in the perspective of like, you know, what you think you know and, and other people who are listening to are probably like, oh, I, I can understand what Jesus is talking about. <laughs> you know? I'm sure we're really nerdy and may confuse people, but I mean, for the more the merrier that people are listening, I hope they do take in like all this good knowledge because honestly, dude, like people would pay to, um, you know, <laughs> listen to what we're talking about right now. I don't even care. <laughs> Absolutely. I think one thing I learned that was the biggest. I I see why the internships there. It, it can be very like oh, it's because it's free. You you do you pay for it actually, and you don't get paid. Um, but it, I that's where I really learned how to under, to speak to others because I can't I can't talk to people and just using all these terms and medical terminology um, to individuals in the hospital, especially some you don't know what kind of education they come from. Uh, so the most important thing is like, even if you're a great, if I come to understand and it's, I'm still learning to improve on this is that it's, even if you have all the knowledge, if you can't relate that to someone on to their level or a way that they can see it, um, or even, or represent their lifestyle, then it's going to be hard to continue working with individuals because it's not about showing like, look at my knowledge. I, I can show you the whole Krebs cycle, recite it off my head. It's more of like, can I put it in terms where they can apply it or it makes sense to them? Yeah, no, exactly. And that what makes any good instructor where either it's like my job being a boom operator in the Air Force, whether it be like a strength conditioning coach, whether it be a teacher, some of the best teachers always had like the one little tricks that really stuck out to you that were simple. They weren't complicated. Unless you're very nerdy and like you know, understand all those like terminology things, like, dude, most people aren't gonna understand what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's when you kind of like, in a sense, I don't know if it's the same term for it, but you like you code switch a little bit. Like when we're when you're at a conference, maybe with other experts in your field, that's when you guys can really nerd out and really talk about these terms. Or like, you see that latest research study? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah, like you just got to read the room, man. You got to read the room. You got to be, a, for one, it, working with people in general, you got to be able to like meet them and understand how they operate. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, you, if you're going to be working with people, like, in the people field, you got to understand how to work with people. Like, you can't just be like, uh, well, actually, the, uh, you know, saying, <laughs> well, uh, actually, uh, creatine is actually a CPR phase ATP goes into the, uh, listen, the muscle. And, no, no, I don't, just because you said crazy words don't, it's not going to, yeah. like, impress me. And honestly, I'm going on a rant. I don't care. The people mm-hmm. who want to throw all those words out are probably the most insecure because they're trying to bluff what they're like not confident about. So they say these words, and sometimes they say word terminology out of context. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. Like it that just irks me. And like <laughs> I said, the best coaches, best people, instructors, and in anything is like the less is more approach. Like Charmin, fucking toilet paper. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no and, and i think it's a beauty uh you really get to see these seasoned coaches especially in weightlifting um give you those cues and you're like that's so that's so simple but thank you like that's what i needed right now yeah like puros he's like up and just up and just <laughs> or like uh cj cummings uh uh coach he's like chest stays high <laughs> you know like <laughs> after he cleans <laughs> like something simple you ain't gotta say too much um mm-hmm. going on yeah i'm just ranting but uh dude it's been a pleasure talking to you about all this stuff uh i think we're gonna wrap it up here um mm-hmm. with people who want to maybe get into the field like what would you recommend and people who want to seek out like nutrition like what would you have for them yeah absolutely um i say i encourage individuals especially um any of the youth or people who are thinking of a Second career, do your research. I really encourage, if you're going to think about it, go to the program themselves. Talk to the professors or the director of the program and, you know, give them an idea of maybe what you want to do because it's a versatile field. That's what I love about it. You can work everywhere. Um, It's not just hospitals. It's not just um, private practice and, like, nutrition counseling like you can work for corporate companies you can work for supplement companies you can have your own private practice you can just um you really can go anywhere with it and and it's and i wish i really do encourage more people to get into it because i think the more the the there's more professionals the more access day-to-day people will be able to have to this um i know it's ever-growing insurance like this is insurance covering nutrition counseling is it's pretty like it's been there but it's at a point where it's really been growing recently just in recent years like it's what like you would always think that nutrition would be yeah of course we're going to cover that that's preventive um health but um so we'll look out your if you have a local uh big school around you typically it's going to be mostly your big university schools some private schools they're going to have this um and always, I'd, I'm always more than happy to answer questions around it. So you can always contact me um, through Instagram or um, which is just like my JLDAPE27. Um, and then with that as well, um, to seek out, I would say uh, the big thing for sometimes for information, um, I wish I, I, try, I try to do my own information, my own research. Like USAW has a pretty good, actually decent, information on their page about nutrition um i really would encourage to follow some sports dietitians especially they're gonna have this credential that is their board certified specialist in sports dietetics cssd 
Um, those people are kind of be the best because they typically have worked with athletes. I mean, that's what that certification states and that they've also have taken an exam to, that, to support that they are the experts in sports dietetics. Um, but other than that, I would just say, if you're going to reach out to nutritionists, have a conversation with them and really feel if you, in a sense of what you're thinking, what your goals are, and then, you know, name out, you know, what do you suggest in the plan? at the start. And if you feel that, you know what, they're comfortable, this is, I feel comfortable. They're respecting my kind of wants and needs for, from out of them. And they don't feel like they're going to push you of like doing things that, you know, you're kind of like, is this okay? Should I be in this low? Should I be, you know, just drinking three gallons of water to cut this weight? Um, you know, that's where those are some red flags are going to be coming up. Or if they start pushing supplements on you, Supplements right now, the only individuals who have the um, like kind of like the backup from this is licensed dietitians and not all states. Like I'm only licensed in Indiana. And then after that, we'll, we'll, we'll give it to when we know we know our scope in our area. I always give it back to a, um, a physician because supplements, the biggest thing with that would be get third party tested company supplements. That's my biggest, biggest recommendation on everything. NSF, USP are the main ones you'll see, uh, but make sure the third parties, because um, that's a pretty red flag. Someone's pushing supplements on you. So look out for some of those red flags, either extreme cuts, um, pushing one certain diet on you and only that diet. Uh, that's a red flag. And then, um, and then kind of in a sense, just making you feel uncomfortable, like, hey, this is really going to affect my day to day lifestyle. Those are things where I, and I'd say there's a lot of them out there that do pretty good. I know two that do really good. And I'll give them a shout out because I love their content they put on Instagram is uh, K, K Nutrition that was from ICB and then Kilo Nutrition, who's on your team or they're a bear. Uh, I feel like they do great, a great job at supporting their athletes and, and in a sense also supporting healthy relationships with food while fueling these athletes. Absolutely, man. There's so much great advice to give everyone and also just people who want to get into like wanting to track their food. I'm just going to say on a personal note that like sometimes it can be intimidating as far as like, oh, I got to like be super strict. I got to eat foods I necessarily don't want to eat or I got to try new foods that are quote unquote healthy. And a lot of times it may not seem like it's going to taste good and all this other stuff. But I will say like if you just do have a balanced like diet, I know it's such a broad term, but you actually feel better. Like <laughs> just having that healthy lifestyle in general and just making those good habits day to day and sticking to it. Like, no, like stick to it. No, I'm not going to grab that. I'm going to grab this instead because I know it's going to be better. Like you just start to feel a lot better. And I'm not trying to be like Joe Rogan and shit, but like, no, no, you're right. it really does. It just makes you like, it makes you like not feel better, like in a good mood. Like I'm not crabby. I'm not feeling like super foggy and all this other stuff. Like just trust the process and it'll work out. And it's honestly worth it. Like in the long run. Yeah. And one other thing that I forgot to mention, cause I, 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 I was listening to a podcast today. I'm not going to name the podcast, but it was specialized. And I, I just wanted to listen to another podcast about nutrition and weightlifting. And here's another red flag on someone if you're thinking to work with them, if they're demonizing food. Um, in this podcast, they were really saying like, weightlifters should not eat rice, potatoes, and cereal. And I don't know, especially coming from our culture, so if you told me not to eat rice, 
I'm like, get out of here, man. I'm not listening to you. That's my diet. Um, and it, it is like you said, it's balance. It, it sometimes it can sound so corny, um, but trust the process and 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 trust the day to day because things aren't going to be fast. There's no magic pill. Um, I can't. No one can ever guarantee you like 20 pounds one month, but because it's likely not going to be a good 20 pound weight loss. Um, and you'll you'll internally, like you're saying, will notice like. Oh, let me grab this choice versus, you know, this these snacks because I know I'm feeling the effects. Every time I eat that, I feel like I don't know if it's true. I don't have the research to support this. I feel like your digestive system really um, adapts, and when you start bringing in other food to it, you feel it pretty quickly. You're like, oh my god, I should not have ate all those chips. Like I am dying right now, and then it adapts if that's your main diet too. So. It is hard to until you really start to feel it yourself. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, we're going to go ahead and go into our questions because I'd feel bad if I just would close it off. and I didn't ask you the same question I asked everyone that I have on my show. Absolutely. So um, we'll do like, you know, this is the Power Not podcast. I always say, like, what is your favorite food or what is something you could eat every day? Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if, know if you saw on my on my on my Instagram story today, but it's uh, chilaquiles. Uh, it's a Mexican breakfast dish, um, and it to me it just brings my childhood. Uh, my mom would make the best ones ever. Um, but what I like about it, it's so versatile. You can make it. There's not much rules to chilaquiles. All it is is tortilla chips. Make them. You can make them homemade, or you can get them from a store bought, and it's salsa. And then from there, you can really, really, you can add um, eggs, which I always love to add. Uh, you can add steak, you can add chicken, you can add all these, um, you can add some vegetables in there, some guac, some pico, um, jalapenos. It's just, to me, it is, it emphasizes the simplicity of Mexican cuisine, but with flavor. It's like, how is this simple? And it's funny, it's considered a poor man's food because it's, it's supposed to be leftover tortilla chips from like the day before or just stale tortilla chips, fry them up with some salsa and bam, you're good to go. Damn. You're making me hungry now. <laughs> and then, um, what would, um, if you had to live with one person, um, dead or alive, who would it be? Ooh, that is a good question. Hmm. I think in the sense of lifting, just because, um, it brought me so much, you know, that's how I got into the gym so much. And me, I remember me and my friends being, you know, uh, it would be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, the bodybuilding is what got me in high school into loving the gym, loving the atmosphere of a gym. And I remember me and my friends doing like bodybuilding.com, Arnold Schwarzenegger program. I would buy his protein. The blueprint. Uh, yep. And so I would love to hear, just see his culture of it. Uh, and then, you know, get to get some knowledge out of him or, or hear his stories because he's such an idol at AK the Arnold uh, every year. He's such an idol in that world. Um, and so it would, have, it would definitely have to be him. Absolutely. And he just seems like a fun guy. He still lives to this day. Yeah. It's like, how could you not want to live with Arnold for sure? Um, next question is going to be a Mary fuck kill. And I'm sure you heard it on my other podcast. So mm -hmm. the snatch clean and jerk. 
I remember last time I messed up, I said squat and I confused, <laughs> <laughs> I confused uh, Dean. But uh, yeah, Mary fuck kill squat. No, I almost did it. <laughs> snatch, clean, and jerk. Yeah, yeah. I will marry snatch. I don't know why me and snatch have a good relationship. It's healthy. We have our downs, but we we can typically talk it through and uh, we'll get back there. Uh, so snatch to me is like. I I feel confident in 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 snatches. I can I should be able to hit my openers. Um, and then I'd say um, I'm gonna go fuck with jerk because I want to impress jerk in a sense. <laughs> um, because I've cleaned all my life. Uh, well, not all my life, but since since 13. So I would get and kill clean because like jerk to me is like. That's the one where recently I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the that's the exercise that I need to specialize to improve. Like I see snatches improving, jerk is like staying still. So I want to impress jerk. Let's keep going. Yeah, man. They say jerks makes champions. Like anybody can clean, but can you put it overhead? And that's what's exactly. gonna that's what wins things. And that is tying it together because like clean and jerk is pretty much two lifts, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you can, I can clean some weights. I know that's not going up. They're not going up. <laughs> and I guess the last question is always the power or not. What do you consider a power? Yeah, yeah. I'd say when I see a power, it would to me be like if it's just um, you know slightly above that parallel. Um, because like especially for my snatch, I I try to drop down as fast as I can, and I know it's not going to be a power, but. <laughs> So when I see other individuals, I'm like, okay, I, you can tell when someone tries to drop all the way right away, especially like cleans too. But if you can maintain and stop it a little bit right there, I'm like, that's a power, man. That's a power. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, that wraps it up for the Power Now podcast. Thank you, Jesus, for hopping on my show. And we finally got to talk after multiple FaceTimes talking about this topic and we put it together and... I'm just, I honestly, I'm excited to see what we could do for finals, man. Me too, man. Me too. You know, pleasure for to be on here. And my big message to everyone is just fuel up. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful what food can do outside of just, it's, you know, meant for just our, our fuel. It's everything. It's culture. It's social. It's, it's, it speaks to the soul. So, uh, fuel up and have fun with it. Thanks brother. All right. Well, have a good one. Thanks man. You too.